Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite podcast here at the Blake and Dan Network that doesn't really exist. Uh, this is Blake and Dan Fix the World. Yep. Uh, we fix your computers. Now watch us fix the world. Uh, real quick, before we you know get too far ahead, um, just wanted to, I guess, shout out is the right uh, words. Um, you probably noticed if you do follow us that, you know, we did not put an episode out on Monday. Uh, a good friend of mine, um, unfortunately, is no longer with us. Uh, my friend Logan Washington um, passed away uh, this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, Logan was a awesome person and uh, really going to miss her. Um, so uh, shouts out prayers to, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to her family as well as any of other, you know, friends uh, who are being um, affected by this. Uh, I know I was. So uh, love you. Miss you, Logan. Hope to see you again sometime. All right. It's always tough when you when you lose somebody. But again, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody who was affected by this. Um, so this week's episode is going to be about... Probably, I think, our most controversial topic we've had thus far. Maybe not to everybody, but, like, just in our circles. (laughs) Because, like, we we did one about Trump, which is obviously, like, you know, controversial. But we don't normally hang out with people that would get mad about that. Uh, Yeah. So this week's issue is uh, gun control and the Second Amendment. Right. Like with it with Trump is like if you were a big fan of Trump already, then I probably didn't give a shit about your opinion to begin with. So, like I'm like if like if you were a hardcore Trumper, I mean I got a couple friends who I'm a couple who you know I know from different circles who were you know his supporters who you know I still got love for. You know everyone comes to their decisions about politics for different reasons, um, and everyone sees things differently. I I'm not. And we're going to hail on this again as the episode goes on. Uh, I do not agree with the ex- with some major exceptions ever with a mentality of you're with us or against us, all or nothing in terms of politics, social issues, economic issues. Um, in my personal experience, in my short only almost 30, it'd be 30 next week. So almost 30 years of life. Have I ever seen many situations where all or nothing, it's all black and white, this is the, the good way, that's the bad way situations. Very few things are ever like that. So I don't like to ever view politics or view people's beliefs in something with that same like uh, level of extreme, as I should say. Like So like, I have some friends who are Trumpers who are, you know, okay, we're like, you know, whatever, we're still friends. But guns are definitely a much more of a nuanced issue where you have, you know, at least I don't know about you, like I've met people who are, you know, very conservative, who did not like guns. And I, you know, met and I guess, spoiler alert, I guess I fall into the category of a lefty, very progressive who, you know, definitely appreciates, you know, his gun rights. So, um, yeah, I think guns is one of those things where you get people on all sides of the spectrum that have an opinion about guns. And I think everybody really has an opinion about guns. Mm-hmm. And it's one yeah. of those things where I don't think it, it usually doesn't end friendships, I think. 
Yeah. It's one of those it's things where everybody has like sort of their own kind of opinion on it. It did in one friendship for me uh, a couple years ago, but I didn't really give a shit about that friendship that much. It was a Facebook friendship with somebody who I went to college with. That's not a real friendship. Were they mad at you for owning a gun? So, yes, um, there had somebody they knew. And again, I understand the emotional position they came from. I, I, I empathize with it. I don't agree with it. Uh, they had uh, somebody they knew of, either they knew or knew of, I don't know, had uh, been murdered. And maybe a week or so later, I made a post that had something to do with a, a company that made like a company that made bulletproof material. I think they made like bulletproof. Um, it, they made something bulletproof that wasn't supposed to be bulletproof. I think it was like they made bulletproof like uh, pottery or something like that. Like uh, I forget what, but it was it was somebody's robbing your house. You grab the pot, shoot me now. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> it was like a company. I I, I don't remember for life me the company what the, what the company's name was or what, but they made bulletproof stuff, like stuff that's normally not bulletproof. So this company, as a joke, but also as you know, something fun, since you obviously deal with bullets and subsequently guns in your career, uh, gave all of their um, co-workers or all the employees, which was very few comparatively, it was a very small company, so they had only like 50 employees, they gave all their employees handguns for Christmas as quote-unquote stocking stuffers. Wow, so, that's an expensive yeah. stocking stuffer though. Right. But I mean, I assume, you, hey, you make bulletproof stuff, they probably get some sweet deals. Yeah. So I had said, jokingly, and shared the article, that's one hell of a stocking stuffer. And that was it. That is all I said. I, I did not add anything extra to it. I didn't say... You weren't like, you know, damn, now they can shoot everybody. Right. I didn't say, you know, fuck them kids or like, you know, fuck, kill them all. Fuck I, them kids. Nothing. <laughs> I, I just shared that. And this dude I went to college with, who was kind of getting towards extreme left anyway, when last when when we had stopped being friends, he comments on it and says something like, "Hey, something something to the inclination of, oh, guns are for pussies. Real men fight anyway." I'm like, "What kind of? If you're a real man, why do you need a gun in the first place?" And so, well, for one, things that go boom are fun. Yeah, I also. Um, so if I showed you this man, you'd be like, and what point do you have a leg to stand on? Uh, just definitely not, doesn't look like someone who can fight also doesn't train. So I'm not talking about, oh, I I looked at you and you look like you can't fight. Like, no, like you don't train either. Uh, he actually ironically would constantly make, uh, posts or comments on my martial arts post. On Facebook, because again, I'm also really big into martial arts and can't wait to start training again. He could kick he all of your guys' butts. <laughs> he always made comments on those posts, talking shit about like, oh, this is too violent. Oh, that fighter shouldn't have did this. I'm like, okay, so real men fight, and every one of my friends who you're arguing with could kill you. So you have no leg to stand on. These <laughs> men could shoot you or strangle you to death. I still really can't get over this bulletproof pottery idea. Like I want everything in my house that's like random, like, exactly. like just like a couch pillow to be bulletproof. So like, <laughs> the irony would be, what if like it's a bulletproof, like uh, like pottery, like a bulletproof bowl, 
but it's not dishwasher safe. <laughs> it's not microwave safe. <laughs> you're just like, oh you're like, who made this? Exactly. Yeah, but it's um, like the biggest yeah. f you to the to the consumer. <laughs> yeah, you can deflect bullets with it. They'll never see it coming. Don't put it in the yeah, microwave though. You'll burn the shit out uh, of yourself. You put it in there for thirty <laughs> seconds. This thing will be two hundred degrees, and you're just right. like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, but if it's a finish that story up, guy, like, I, I make an innocuous comment. I'm like, hey, you know, some people like to train martial arts during the weekend, shoot on the weekends. I mean, again, that's exactly what I said. And this dude goes off. I, I said, bro. I think, like, oh, I, I said, bro, then very well. Some people like to train martial arts during the weekend, shoot on the weekends, bro. And he goes on this huge 10. I'm not your bro. And goes just as a tirade about how. Um, guns are the bane of our existence. Yeah, dude, but you and, weren't his bro. He has a point. Yeah, I guess not. Like, damn. And then he messages, and I didn't misgender this guy, by the way. I'm not. I'm not, not, not trying to make light of that, but I'm just saying it wasn't like I. He did, wasn't like, oh, I caught him, bro. He doesn't identify as a dude. Like, no, just like he just him saying I'm not your bro was his way of like we're not friends because you like guns. Damn. And then sends me a private message, and I don't have it anymore. But it's to the uh, degree of next time there's a mass shooting, next time kids are killed, I want you to remember it's your fault. Do you remember that? So, uh, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty horrible thing to say. Some that is that is really though. bad. Yeah, I, I, it was very easy to remember. <laughs> That's just rough, man. Like, yeah, for one, that that is such a shitty thing to say to somebody, like. When it has nothing to do with you, you, this isn't even about voting on a thing. All you did was post right. one thing, right? Like that's so. that's so shitty. I don't know. There's people on both sides that do that. And mm-hmm. just a fair warning: if you know us in real life, and uh, uh, you know we exchange words on social media or in real life, uh, you might get brought up on this podcast because that <laughs> seems to happen a lot. I, mean, I didn't say his name. I just yeah, said, but uh, uh, if you skinny <laughs> dude who's not my friend no more who couldn't fight anyway, so why are you talking shit? Just in general, uh, <laughs> that's his name. It's a mouthful though. That's his whole name. Got <laughs> his it. Whole name. He can't take no steroids test no more. <laughs> skinny. He can't fit it into the you. bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Fails everything. <laughs> They're just like, who is this person? They didn't fit into the bubbles. <laughs> I always used to wonder about that. Like everyone knew, knows at least one person who a standardized test must have been hell for because they had a long ass name. Shupapan Kinkai. I went to elementary school with a kid named Aaron, and that was his last name. Oh man, Kinkai. It <laughs> was like it was really long. No one could pronounce it. I only know it because just so many people butchering it. Yeah. I could not spell it for you. I think it's over 10 letters. <laughs> I guess so you get the syllables right that the last part is King Kai. And I like Dragon Ball. <laughs> so, I mean, last part. I'm not making fun of his name. I'm just trying to think ways to make yourself remember how to say yeah. it. Last part, King Kai. <laughs> and like, you just got to like find words and syllables that go along and are easy to, for you to remember. Uh, I just remember one of the teachers just like giving up and going, Chupalapa Ding Dong. I don't know. <laughs> That's messed up. I think I have a complex now. Nah, he was funny. He thought it was funny. (laughs) But he's also used to it. Like, he's used to everybody just being like, what does this even say? Right. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so... um, It was after the teacher, like, stumbled over it a couple times. But Aaron thought it was funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did his mom brought in some uh, spring rolls from mm-hmm. uh, for International Food Day, and they yeah. were amazing. I don't know why I remember this, but best spring rolls I've ever had. That's how good they were. They really they, were, man. He, that's what he told his mom that day. Like when she was preparing it, no, mom, you can't fuck these up, man. This is my my friendships are riding on these spring rolls, mom. Like, it's like I have this last name. You, <laughs> if they're not good, I'll never live it down. He's right, mom. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but not to not to dance around. Obviously, what the initial subject of this podcast episode is. Uh, I just want to, st- I guess, I want to say start off. We've already started, but just bring it up to the forefront immediately. And this is something how how I feel at least. On pretty much any political issue, again, with 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 some very specific extremes, is we cannot end these problems if we are not willing to have civil discourse. Okay, we cannot really get anywhere if we're willing to. We take this mentality of if you're not with me, you're against me. Oh, you believe this? I can't fuck with you, and I just stop. Anybody who's not willing to hear the other side and potentially change their opinion. Unless it's me arguing about sour cream being tasteless and a cold blob of nothingness, uh, you you really just sh- should not talk to people. Like that's not how the world becomes a better place, or how you become a better person, or live a happy life. If you're constantly arguing with people, I can't imagine your life is very happy. The analogy I always give, or not even analogy, this is real life, um, is of a man named Daryl Davis. So Daryl Davis is a uh, author and you know activist who you probably saw a couple years ago on NPR. Um, he was on Joe Rogan Experience. He had spent thirty years ha- essentially hanging out with various members of the Ku Klux Klan, and by you know he did this because he wanted to understand more their perspective, why they believed the ideas they did about um, not only America, but, you know, different races throughout the country and why they had this nativist mentality. And obviously, you know, uh, being a black man who's hanging out with the KKK, he definitely knew he was not liked or in very high regard. Yeah. But through constantly chat like willing to be in the same room with them willing to have this conversation approaching it from this perspective of i'm going to treat you like an adult or as long as you treat me like a respectable adult i'm willing to sit down at this table and have this conversation with you even though we obviously have extremely different views by doing that for 30 years he was able to convert over 200 people away from the Ku Klux Klan. just hearing your opinions out loud to a person that is willing to listen and, you know, not argue with you in the way people think of arguing, but debate with you like a civil conversation can really open people's minds up. So I'm not surprised he was able to, you know, change people's mind because it was a real conversation. It wasn't you're wrong. I'm right. No, it was like that that situation where it's like okay i i i see that you feel that way and i i i hear you but why and when you ask those why questions people have to think about why and when you get and you keep asking those why questions people get down to their um right. 
like the yeah. real roots of why they feel with certain ways. And mm-hmm. they could see, they can see sometimes that maybe they don't feel that way at all. They were just told to feel that way. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's what happened in these situations is these people were like, no, I really don't think that is he was willing to sit down, talk to you. And also from a, not from a position of demonization, a feeling of him talking, like I said, talking down and just saying, you're a piece of shit. Here's why. Even if he thought that (laughs) Um, he was willing to approach you as another respectful adult and just, challenge your beliefs not challenge you the individual just no i don't think that's right like he he has a conversation where he talks about how one of the clansmen who at the time was like i guess i don't know all the chapter names obviously but uh at the time was high ranking very high ranking in the in the clan who he completely converted out of the clan the guy won't have anything to do with anything to do with white supremacy anymore because of daryl davis's conversations he talks about like one thing um he challenged was like, oh, this guy had a, a belief that black men were naturally violent based off of total BS theories about like that his KKK family members had spread about black biology and was willing to sit there and say, no, that's not true. You can't find here's a medical textbook. Find me anywhere about this uh gene or this part of the brain that black men have that's like that's more violent and and just consistently i don't hate you i'm not going to i'm not going to demonize you but i am challenging why you think this is true over and over and over i mean it goes back to like that that kind of thinking goes back to like slavery where they just basically tried to say that you know african-american people and you know these black people that they kidnapped from another country are more primitive is going to be the nice way of saying it. And so that they, all they understand is sex and violence. Right. And so that is, um, and, and basically that exactly is what he believed. He just, all he believed essentially was 200 year old slave pro slavery propaganda. That's all he believed. And really the Um, only reason they thought that is because Africa was underdeveloped compared to the, to other places. It was just a convenient lie. Yeah, convenient that's why they spread it. But like originally the, the thought comes from, you know, these people live in villages and we have houses. It doesn't mean they're they're stupid that like I, I don't understand. Like they still have culture justification yeah. for AMSD. When you look at the Crusades, they're like they, people knew, hey, going into a village and slaughtering, you know, uh, the women and children was not a good thing. They need a justification, yeah. which was, oh, it's cool. God says, OK, yeah. You know, so it's like you, you if you know you're pulling babies away from their mothers, you know, this is fucked up. You need some way to justify it. So that means inventing nonsense science to you know try and back it up, whatever, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night, as they say. Yeah. So also, again, if they thought not, people, they were so prim- well. Never mind. I'm not even going to yeah. say that. <laughs> so, I so again, this is all I say all of this to kind of, you know, essentially say how I feel we need to approach conversations about anything, but definitely when it comes to uh, gun rights in this country and gun, subsequently gun control in this country, uh, if we are not willing to actually have civil discourse and we essentially revert back again, I'm a, I'm a progressively left dude, but one thing I hate, absolutely hate that my other fellow 
progressive people do that we've started doing within the last 10 years is this mentality of everything's a with us or against us issue. If you're not as woke as me, you're now as bad as a, as a soldier in Auschwitz. And it's something we cannot do and expect to make long lasting change. All you're going to end up making is more divisiveness. I mean, you're not so, sitting on your porch pot shotting at all your neighbors. Um, yeah. Then you're probably okay. So I say that to say, let's have our gun control discussion. <laughs> okay. So what I want to start out with is for word for word, the actual second amendment. Just so everybody knows it, I didn't know it word for word until this morning when I looked it up. This is word for word, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, when they wrote this, from what I learned from watching a couple things from the History Channel and a couple other History YouTubes, YouTubes, YouTube channels, <laughs> is uh, basically the southern states were afraid that the national government could come and take their shit being slaves. Um, so they wanted to have the right to have their own state militias as well and that they couldn't be infringed upon by the federal government. That was my understanding from what I saw. The original Second Amendment had everything to do with state militias and not really anything to do with actually owning guns. Um, it, it was really because most 50 percent of the people, the population, and this includes slaves, 50 percent of the population had guns. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, if that includes slaves who obviously didn't have guns. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that's like every like man and his son has a gun. I mean, the country was a lot different back then. Obviously, we didn't have these industrialized areas. They also just had their guns stolen by the British. The, the England tried to not let them have guns because they didn't want them to rise up. So they were coming from from that mindset of I need a gun in case they come back. Which I fully understand and I agree. Like when you have the possibility of another country coming into your ha coming back and trying to take the land you just took from them back, yeah, it's probably smart for every man, woman, and child to have a gun. Mm -hmm. But the Second Amendment really came from, like, like I said, the the South being afraid that the national government could come and, you know do stuff in their states that they didn't want mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So yeah. that is the second amendment. And then it wasn't until the past couple decades, probably the past 30 years is when it's really become something of relating to guns. Cause it does have the, the right to bear arms there. Um, but it doesn't say anything about, you know, everyone has the right to have a gun. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Um, it wasn't until about 2008 that the Supreme Court really made a stance um, about and, and like we always say, if we're wrong, uh, just let us know. Um, but for what I saw, it wasn't until about 2008 uh, that the, the Supreme Court 
made a uh, decision that really reflected this uh, relating to ownership of guns. It was uh, the District of Columbia versus Dick Anthony Heller. And the Supreme, basically, the short version is the District of Columbia, so D.C., um, passed a law where it was illegal to own a handgun or have a handgun within the city uh, if you weren't a police officer. And so Dick Heller was a off-duty police officer. Well, he was a police officer and he wanted to keep his gun off-duty and he wasn't allowed to. So it went to the Supreme Court uh, and they decided that it was it was a violation of his Second Amendment right. And this is kind of where the law for gun rights was really like put into because once a something's decided in the Supreme Court, it kind of becomes law until it's changed again. Um, they decided that, you know, every person was able to own a gun. And it wasn't every person either. I, this is when they decided the whole criminals can't have guns. Um, you can't have guns in government buildings or schools, uh, all that kind of stuff. That This was all set into motion in the decision of this uh, DC versus Heller case. So there were uh, over the years, a couple more gun laws that um, went into effect. Um, uh, a lot of gun nuts or gun advocates as they're called, like we call it, I guess we talk about the gun control act of 1968. Um, a big push for that gun control act. That was right after the assassinations, right? Right. Yeah. It was assassinations of Kennedy and Martin Luther King. Um, you see, uh, in some people's eyes, you see, uh, they, who, especially people who try to argue that they don't want all guns to be, you know, um, they don't want all guns to be removed. They want guns to be more regulated. A lot of them really harken back to the gun control, that gun control act, because it was very matter of fact with who could and could not own a gun. Um, illegal uh, like uh, illegal citizens or not uh, illegally uh, immigrants cannot own a gun any fugitive former uh, uh not, not former fugitives but former criminals cannot own a gun um any but anybody who had dishonorable discharge couldn't have one uh anyone who renounced their citizenship so people talking about oh, i'm a free inhabitant free inhabitant all right give me your gun um damn so when all those texans just finally decide to leave they can't have a gun i mean i guess they succeed at their own country so i guess they, what they, want. <laughs> they have to they give their guns back and buy new ones <laughs> exactly <laughs> funny though yeah all right come on go buy your own <laughs> you gotta buy your own in your own country <laughs> right so uh a lot of very uh strict legislation as to you know who can have it and exactly as to why um a lot of people also uh, you actually saw a little bit more bipartisan issue on this, kind of because of racism, uh, because you definitely saw, especially with the, with the um, a lot more all civil rights movement wasn't weren't just bu- bus boycotts and marching. There were, um, you know, we had the Panthers. You had m- also many instances that did indeed turn violent, and you started to see a lot more black men and women who were willing to protect their own or their rights to be free American citizens with their own guns. So you actually see some people who do not have equal rights in their mind, especially towards black and brown people, or were actually in, in more favor of the 1968 Gun Gun Control Act simply because they knew it would limit the ability for minorities to have weapons as well. Um, you, you had back then, you damn sure have now, a lot of instances of 
minorities being you know wrongfully imprisoned and accused for crimes. So if you have a population of people who is at a staggeringly higher level of being accosted for crimes they may or may not have committed, or at least imprisoned for crimes they may or may not have committed, that means there's a much bigger chance that the big scary black man down the street isn't going to have the ability to have a gun. Whereas you, you know, not you, Blake, obviously, but you think, oh, like, you're a scared racist white person. Now, you know, you're, you can't. So a lot of the 1968 Gun Control Act uh, re- legislation was removed, actually, in 1986 uh, due to what was called the, what was it? I just had the name put up in my notes. I'm sorry. Uh, it was the um, Firearms Owner Protection Act. Uh, however, in the Firearms Armed Protection Act, uh, it did not undo everything. Um, it, it did remove some verbiage for things like people with mental illness. Um, it kept fugitives, uh, which people who try to say the NRA isn't racist is like, okay, well, there's, there's a question of, you know, um, if they want so many people to have guns, why the people who are most constantly um, put in prison for a little to no crimes or frivolous drug charges still keep or still lose their rights to bear arms the rest of their lives. Um, so again, the people track the NRA is and races. And I have some questions. Um, again, we, like we said, I forget what episode it was, but there's levels to this shit. Again, everything isn't just, you're either a Klansman or you're racist. It's there's, there's more levels to it than that. Yeah. Um, so, but in, not, you the, can in be that, like, uh, I don't mind if I have a black neighbor, but I'm still going to walk on the other side of the street racist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like, so, I don't mind if there's black people in this city, but I don't want them to live next door. Mm-hmm. That That's still racist. Yeah. So uh, in 86, they finally, uh, you know, were able to get that passed. However, and partly in response, in response to this very democratically controlled uh, house, just like today, um, in the Firearms Armed Protection Act, they, they maintained a ban on uh, machine guns and machine gun ammunition. So machine guns are still only uh, accessible by the military, or at least supposed to be. Uh, I guess I was so, wrong when I was talking about the uh, the Heller uh, court case. It, it's not no, the it's weren't. not the first um, time they made a decision on the case, but it is the it's the case that really put us where we are now in everyone's allowed to have a gun kind of thing. It, it's it really opened up yeah um it really opened up open carrying as a concept yeah and it really opened up you know concealed carrying more as well and and the whole just the the modern way we think about the second amendment mm-hmm. is based on that case yeah also over the years primarily in the 70s and 80s i believe is that's when you really saw the nra change because for a long time nra national rival association was much more interested in guns for sport yeah for you know for and as an olympic activity so yeah they held their own events too didn't didn't they they like gave out trophies and stuff i saw some stuff they still do now i've always wanted to get into three gun shooting um which is like you have to shoot with the you have to shoot with the rifle then drop it shoot the uh shotgun then drop it and shoot with the uh handgun or reverse one or the other um so they've all, so you really see that start to, uh, th- their attitude about gun ownership start to change. You start getting the, as the seventies become eighties, eighties become nineties, you start seeing much more of this, what they call hard two a 
Car two ways and that part that part that says the right for the people to bear arms should not be infringed is really, really what they hearken on or you know focusing on. And anytime any legislation, any policy might start to infringe upon that, here come your NRA friends, or at least that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, the NRA is like this whole whole beast. Man, they yeah. they try to claim that they are America's oldest civil rights organization. Did you know that? I did not. That that, not that is something that I they don't agree with. Openly it. claim say that is that they are America's oldest civil rights organization, and they tried even on like their website. They tried to put themselves in the light of being like a public interest group, uh, much like the NAACP. Yeah. And stuff and people who care uh, about the public interest. Um, but in reality, they take millions from drum from like uh, gun companies. So they're really just lobbyists for gun companies. They take millions of dollars. They call it like corporate partners program. Mm-hmm. And uh, like try to act like they're a public interest group when they're taking all this money from, you know, the, the people who make guns and the last people you want at the table when you're having a conversation on what the gun law should be is the people who are making the guns. Because mm-hmm. obviously they want more guns. It definitely gonna be a little biased. Yeah, like you did. That's the you want people who use guns and people who don't use guns at the table. Mm-hmm. That That's what you want. You don't want the people who freaking make them. So <laughs> very true. Uh, a big Again, I, I wanted to try and hit this issue from as as non-biased, and everyone says both sides, but I, I, I try to hit, I, I want to hit, you know, both points uh, best as I can. Uh, a lot of them, them being people who are very hard to advocates or NRA spokespersons or, or fans, whatever, uh, will argue they're in the best position uh, because they don't want people who are best positioned to, to have these conversations because they don't want people who essentially don't know anything about guns, have never shot, don't come from any culture of having to use them, um, to essentially be the ones who are making the decision about what happens to them. And that part I get. Um, I understand how it's easy if you're sitting on your ivory tower in your safe, you know, West Coast area, you know, that is like negative fifty five, negative fifty five percent crime rate you to then go ahead and try and make decisions about what other people have to do in situations that are completely polar opposites of what you are accustomed to is a little unfair, a little, you know, um, you know, off balance there. So I, I under, I definitely understand that perspective, but to your point as well, again, it's also is biased in their favor and degree because then, then you don't hear any other potential conversation about how things should be or any a, a really the nra is just freaking sick man like after school shootings they try to debate people about like stuff and they just gaslight you like mm-hmm. literally there's so many like so. conversations um and stuff where they, they are whenever there's a school shooting there's always somebody from the nra talking about it on the news and yes. I, I mean, I not even school shooting, mass shooting, any type of shooting of anyone. The NRA is on talking about how they feel about it. And they get so much airtime on 
like news networks and stuff just to I don't know if gaslight's the right term, but it feels like gaslight them. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. after shootings, like a school shooting, I watched a specific video about, you know, them talking to ki- survivors, teachers and students of a school shooting. And it's just this one lady from the NRA just like making them feel like they're crazy for feeling the way they do after they just survived a school shooting. And that is precisely my biggest beef with them. And that is also my biggest beef. And I think the biggest issue that a lot of people who are hardcore advocates of, you know, of keeping the Second Amendment of the way it is need to, you know, rec- recon- reconcile with is that, you know, when you have a constant trend of mass shootings, nothing is more salt in the wounds than after you just, you know, witnessed, you know, 15, 16 people get mowed down by some jackass from a, a, who is, is mad because no one wants to date them to now, while you're still in shock, depression, all that, all the horrible shit you have to deal with now, here comes some dude from Washington make this entire situation about them. Like, oh, oh, don't, well, don't, don't, don't take my guns. Like if I, if I, like, if I'm sorry, if I just stabbed you, do you think it would then be a great opportunity for my friend to come in here and, and try and sell you on knives? No, it, it's, 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 it's just like, I understand. Like, I understand why they think that because they know, yes, there are lunatics who keep killing people using their favorite thing. And they don't want to lose their favorite thing. The NRA is the people guy... who really started that, that, that whole, that they're coming to take our guns thing. Like all of that was all started by NRA propaganda back in like the nineties. Yeah. Like they're, and... they're the ones who blame shit on video games. They're the ones who mm-hmm. keep saying, and this is the one I hate the most is the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good it's guy a with good a gun. Guy they with they a gun. say that yeah. all the time now. And it pisses me off. I had a girl say that to me on a, like dating app when we were talking about gun stuff literally is the dumbest thing ever. You don't need more people shooting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very, I don't, it's a very obtuse way to handle the situation. And I understand you might, I understand why the situation will make you defensive, but here's the thing. So be a part of the fucking solution then. Like if we're having, if we're having another mass shooting and it's in the news, do not then immediately go on t- TV or have your press conference where you made this entire situation about how to like, well, 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 well this is what I want. Like, dude, no, 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 no. Yeah. We all know what you want. You don't want to lose your things. Fine. Be a part of the solution. Have a, have your, want your voice about the problem. Be more about the solution. Come up problem. with a solution that doesn't involve taking your weapon that still gets yeah. results. Yeah, and, and not be more blaming, not be more, oh, it's the yeah. video games. No, 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 no. Let, we, if, we, if you don't want this to happen, if you genuinely do feel for these for these families of people who get you know shot up at nightclubs and schools, then when you have your little interview on Fox News, why don't you make it about this is what we should do as a society and have it not be a, just something that, that lines your pockets more. They also always you know? want to talk about how like states don't have to report background checks and stuff to... Mm-hmm. Um, to the federal government or they don't have to report like people who are criminals and stuff, people who aren't supposed to be able to buy gums, guns to the federal government. Like there's no law in place. And uh, cause I remember one of the videos I watched, they were talking about that. Turns out the only reason that's not a law is because they sued to get it removed. Mm-hmm. The NRA sued to get this thing that they're now blaming. <laughs> 
Like that's that's all they do. And my biggest problem with like all of the gun rights movement is the NRA and all their talking points that I hear people spewing like poison out of their mouths every time. All the the video game stuff, the good guys with guns will stop bad guys with guns. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff, the arm teachers, which that one is a little different, but like all, all this stuff like is coming from an agency who like literally sues the government to stop companies like, or not companies, agencies like the ATF from being able to do their job Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Like they filed so many lawsuits into like stuff like that. And then want to blame it because they got their stuff passed. It's, it's bullshit. Like the the main things I hate about gun laws are literally just from the the NRA. So um, I need to address it because I know there's probably someone wondering why I'm being a hypocrite right now. Like, oh, if you, if you hate this so much, why are you a gun owner? So actually, Blake hit a very good point there. I don't like I don't I I disagree with the NRA as an organization uh, much more than I disagree with firearms. Or, speaking or speaking of that, my last NRA fact saying that you based going right off of what you said is that a lot or every or let me read this. <laughs> uh, most Americans, including NRA members, not people who are in the NRA, but people who pay membership and stuff, believe there should be universal background checks. Yeah. And uh, that like and other laws to stop people from getting guns. But the NRA, the other thing they love to say is um, that bad guys will get the guns anyway. Just because people will get the guns anyway doesn't mean we should try that you shouldn't put stuff in place to make it harder. Mm-hmm. Just because they can still go a roundabout way to get a gun I'd rather them have to go a roundabout way than them just walk into the store and walk out. Like, I know it doesn't stop them, but it makes it harder for people and some people won't do it and give up. Yeah. Less is still better than, you know, everyone. Yeah, they have a a lot of alarmist propaganda. A lot of them, people who are, you know, much more hard two-way than I am will then have this We'll talk to you about the the the, the gun rights act. We didn't, I didn't even mention the the gun act of 1934, which is basically like put taxes on guns. Um, but we'll tell you about the acts we've had in place. And essentially, the analogy that they a lot of times use is that their rights keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So now they you know are taking a stand uh, because they see you know their rights being they they think that eventually there's not going to be any rights left essentially so that's um not saying i agree with all that but that is the position that a lot of people who are um who would who would take the right term of gun nut with pride uh would take so and i want to say too i'm not anti-gun i i might not have a gun but i am thinking about getting one i have thought about owning one for a long time i'm not anti-gun yeah. And I know Dan isn't either. Obviously, Dan Dan owns guns, but it doesn't mean that we don't think there should be systems in place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you hit a couple points in your initial post. 
Um, I I used to be a lot more anti-gun than I am now, um, obviously, because I'm not anti-gun anymore. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Uh, I like early 20s, very anti-gun. Without getting into a, too much of my personal life, it's really easy to be anti-gun when you're never in a situation where you think, oh, a gun would help right now. You know, I'm not going to, again, I don't want to get too, too involved in it, but a situation happened uh, where things kind of got hairy and I'm like, wow, I would have really wish I had a gun right now. And that was my position. That was my point of like, let me look into this a little bit more. Um, and that's again, that's why I said it's like, it's very easy when you, you know, you have, you live in a relatively low crime area. You have a decent paying job or a good or a well-paying job. You know, you have the ability to live in a gated community or a, a community with a very active neighborhood watch to then ha- get on your, you know, your throne and talk about, Oh, we don't even need guns. It's a different story when you are a, you know, single parent or, you know, a smaller individual who you know has to work third shift or works like second shift and you don't have money for a car. So now you have to, you know, take the bus or take your bike or walk back and forth places in the shitty area. I totally that get person's it. mentality of the situation of, Hmm, I think I need a gun right now. is totally different from the mentality of the of person a. So, um, those, that kind of situation being in a situation where I, and again, again, people, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, again, self-defense. I love martial arts. I will, I, I hope to die on jiu-jitsu mat one day. Like, it's well, not really. I hope it don't actually happen. That would be very traumatic for people. But anyway, but I, I'm. Especially somebody, whoever I, you're I, fighting. Hell yeah, that would <laughs> suck for them. Um, I, 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 I'm very big in, you know, learning how to defend yourself with other means. But I mean, self-defense, like, self-defense is a total solution. It's not this idea of, um. Oh, I you know I know how to fight, so now I'm ready. Any more than it's oh, I have a gun, so I'm ready for anything. Like yeah, but when you, you know, oh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on how I feel about guns by me asking you a question. Mm-hmm. If you're walking down the street and somebody's bothering you, just mm-hmm. just bothering you, not not physically harming you in any way, mm-hmm. you're not going to just kick their ass, right? No, no, because there's no reason to do that. Yeah. That's the same way I feel about guns. It's like, just because people have guns doesn't mean people are going to pull them out and shoot somebody at the slightest inconvenience. And people who will do that should not have guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why, like, um, again, there are certain things I'm I'm for and certain things I'm kind of against, even in the gun control debate. Um, just And I'll try and note, level those off a little bit because obviously I don't want somebody with a history of, you know, sociopathic violent, violent tendencies to then have access to an, a, an AR. Um, but also, again, I, I, I'm not somebody who likes to throw this out a lot. I really don't, but it, it's, it's, it, it's pertinent to the conversation. So I need to bring it up. If you're a minority and you, and you have, you're in America, we live in a society that has this uh, history of a lot of very open system, systematic aggression racism and unfairness. And so I don't necessarily agree with the idea to acknowledge that we live in this unjust society for minorities, a racist society for minorities, society that consistently uses them as cannon fodder for whatever agenda we're trying to accomplish. And then say, yes, I'm also now going to trust that I give you, that if we give you all of our weapons, 
you're, this is not going to backfire on us brown people or black people again. It's like I have a hard time trusting the same system uh, that is going to do right by us has consistently fucked us over, over and over and over and over again. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying that like now I need to have this gun to shoot this cop. Absolutely not. I just I I just have a hard time believing that in the same areas that like if you have if you live in the hood and you use a gun to protect yourself in the same areas that now it takes a cop two hours to show up anyway. Now you're somehow going to be safer if all of you guys gave up your guns. Yeah, and so I mean, again, if I'm, I'm in a bad area my... or not a bad area, if I'm getting shot at. By somebody that wants to do harm to me. Yeah. I'm not going to describe them in any way. Cop. Minority. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyone that's trying to do harm to me for no reason. I'd rather die fighting with a gun in my hand. Than just get shot. Yeah. I mean. Uh, example. Analogy a lot of people use. 1970s. Nixon's quote unquote war on drugs. All it really was is a war on black people. You know, he can try and say, oh, you know, this is a war on drugs. This is a, this is, we're going to focus really hard on, you know, taking drugs off the streets. All it did was focus on putting black people in jail. And so it's a, it's, it's a similar mindset, like much like drug, drug control or war on drugs. A lot of people, especially the more like black gun owners have this mentality of like, how, or people you know who you know remember the 60s and 70s and how guns were it wasn't all you know non-violence gun were, guns were used to help win the civil rights act just like peaceful protesting was a lot of minorities have that same mentality of like how is giving these things to the same people that has oppressed that same people that have oppressed us for decades going to somehow work in my favor even though we have centuries of showing it doesn't or showing that these same people, this same system does not give a damn about us. And yeah, if, if you have to give up your guns, everybody has to give up your, their guns. That's why I'm like, you know, I'm not very, uh, that's that's part of the reason why I'm like, I am a gun owner. Like, again, I'm, um, a lefty. I'm progressive about these situations. I am for background checks. I am for, you know, if, if people with certain mental conditions, like in certain, cause I don't want them to try to say some shit like, Oh, you have anxiety. You should give me anxiety medication. You can't have a gun. So like if you have certain mental conditions that would honestly, make- if you had anxiety, I feel like you'd be less likely to use it. <laughs> you'd be like, like, should I, should I, should I, should I, yeah, you'd get shot point. before you even made a decision. Right. <laughs> Hesitate. <laughs> but it's like, like if, again, again, if you have paranoid schizophrenia with a history of violent actions, okay, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have one. Um, but I mean, I'm, or if again, you've been suicidal, states have those laws already. So, um, I'm Anything okay. Like I, I agree with that in, in terms of that level. But again, there's a lot of people who think those are the quote unquote first steps to everything getting banned. So I have to acknowledge that point as well. People, um, people need to realize that just because the world's changing doesn't mean they're coming to take all your rights, man. I think concealed carry is the best way, honestly. I think how you, what you have to do for concealed carry, I feel like that should be the, I, when I got my concealed carry permit, I was naive. I thought that was the gold standard for how everyone had to do it. Like, okay, you got to come to this class, had to take a you know book exam for eight hours. Then you had to take, you know, shooting for like five. I'm like, so I figured, okay, well, that was enough training. I figured that or something similar to it was the same thing that everyone did. Until I realized, no, a lot of you can just buy these things. You don't have to take a fucking class warm. So 
that's only how concealed carry is. And like, I think how concealed carry is done is done generally well. And concealed carry, unlawful concealed carry uh, attacks and shootings are very low. So I am 100% pro that. Um, again, I think that's people... how it should be when anybody buys a gun. I think there needs to yeah. be a, the first time you buy a gun, there needs to be a gun safety class so you don't shoot mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you can learn about proper locking it up so less kids get shot. Mm-hmm. You don't want your kids finding your gun and shooting their friend in the face either. Or being the one that gets shot in the face. That happens a lot. And it's just awful. They don't know what they're doing. It, it And it's on the parent. It's not on anybody else. Yeah, It's on whoever gave let them have access to their gun. Uh, so there needs I... to be, you know, p- places that teach people these things. And also, there needs to be trained instructors that are there that can weed people out that are acting suspicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you can get kicked out. I've seen someone get kicked out of a concealed carry course. Well, I just meant like this, this should right. be for anybody the first time they're buying a gun. Okay. And I'd be okay yeah. with guns taking longer to get any gun. If you want to buy a gun and it takes a month for them to give it to you because they're doing background checks, so be it, man. I don't care what kind of gun it is. That... So one thing I want to hit on before I forget, now that I'm very anti though, um, and again, I I know, again, I know my more harder two-way friends, they don't care about it as much, but I I hate, hate open carry. I really do. Um, I feel like open carry, in a sense, I feel like open carry is like if all you did for breakfast, lunch, and dinner was eat fucking bacon grease and cheesecake. It's only okay if you have a six-shooter on your hip and you're riding around on a horse for your day job. And... What I say to say is like, yes, it's your right. You can do it. It's still stupid. And you're probably a dick. For yeah. That. Who the hell's like, walk- like, who the hell thinks it's a great idea to walk around with a freaking rifle? Like just says, in a Walmart. Okay. So there's this mentality. And I've actually had my old concealed carry instructor was actually very anti open carry. Like he wasn't like legislated away. He just thought it was stupid as well. I guess that's why I'm where I'm at. It's just like, I think it's really fucking idiotic is that it makes you seem as dumb as the person walking around with a sword. Yeah, it's yeah, that yes, that's a very good point. Also, there's this myth that oh, because someone sees somebody open carrying, now they know to you know this. Now they know not to like you no know, mess around, or fuck around in this area. No, it don't. It's just if they're hell bent on killing some people, robbing some people, and they're okay with potentially taking life, it just means they're gonna kill you first. Also, like, you just showed them what you have. Right. Okay, <laughs> we got we got to kill that dude. So <laughs> or it's uh, like we need a bigger gun than that guy. Like yeah. So but like he's got a, got people... a shotgun, so let's get a rifle so we don't have to get close mm-hmm. to him. Like, right? <laughs> it just shows. It just shows your hand. It's like if they're hell bent. They're all. They're already sociopathic, psychopathic. They don't care about human life. They're hell bent doing with it. I mean, I understand. I understand some criminals. They're just desperate. So just seeing a gun is a deterrent. I understand that. But I mean, this idea. It's that the same it's thing like when we were talking about deter- the. Uh having background checks in place it might not stop criminals but it does make some people hesitate and back off yeah. so it yeah make some people hesitate i get that part but again the people who are hell bent are so just, yeah just kill you first but the, that's the main reason i disagree is i disagree from a social level because and this you can call it jealousy or whatever um actually this isn't jealousy just facts yeah, I don't mean to bring it I up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it's say it's part jealousy. of the situ- part of the conversation. Black people cannot open carry. You can, but you can't. Like, yeah, on paper you can. I would not suggest but it. But you can't. If somebody asked you me, can. 
and mm-hmm. I would just say no. Like, I wouldn't. It's not a yeah. good idea. It's people it's, have gotten shot you, for less. You can go into <laughs> I, I don't know drug tr- or, or um I don't know gang territories, but you can go into an area that is openly notorious for gang activity with the Bloods wearing Crip colors. You can do that. Really bad idea, but you can do it. It's, it's the same idea. It's like, yeah, on paper, oh, if you live in a state that allows open carry, anyone can open carry. Yeah, you can do that on paper, but you can't. Uh, the perfect example in my home state of Ohio, actually at my home state, your home state as well, <laughs> would be uh, back in 2014, the shooting of John Crawford III. Yeah. For those of you who forgot about that shooting, little recap. Uh, Mr. Crawford was in a Walmart, went to the toy aisle, picked up a toy gun that they sold at that Walmart. Ohio, of course, being an open carry state means that even if it wasn't a toy gun, he has the right to carry it into a Walmart. If you go on Google right now, you can find tons of photos and videos of people uh, walking through Walmart, different states, usually Texas, uh, open carrying different weapons. So he picks up a toy gun. It's just walking with it while he's on the phone with his wife. Somebody calls it in and says, oh, this man has a gun in Walmart. Without question, I I can't say they were SWAT, but just cops show up, execute him on site. No time to converse about, hey, this isn't real. Hey, just a toy. I picked it up here. No, 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 no. No conversation. Execute it on site. In an open carry state, for having a toy gun, there there is no. Didn't a kid can, get there's shot no, in Cleveland too for? No, it wasn't in Cleveland. Okay, so somewhere else in Ohio, some kid got shot for like having a. BB oh no, gun no I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, there was a kid. I uh, forget the the, yeah. the kid's name. Um, it was a BB gun. Yeah. Uh, they shot some kid. He was like yeah. ten. So, like on on paper, like why would this happen? I mean, if we're allowed to open carry in Walmart, why is it a big deal that he has a gun? Because he's a black guy. You can dance around the issue. You can try and wiggle around it. Like, oh, like try and find information from his past. Like, oh, I'm sure he pay, didn't pay a parking ticket one time. Or maybe he had a weed, a weed uh, or some uh, certain amount of weed on him at one point in college. Uh, doesn't matter. Wait None a minute. That matters. You can get shot for not paying your parking tickets now? I, I mean, probably. <laughs> Why am I more okay with that? <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just a matter of, no, 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 no. Like, you're a black guy. You have, you have a gun, you are a threat. doesn't matter if it's open carry or not. And also conveniently, NRA, oddly silent about this person who could have been potentially illegally, a legal gun owner being shot on site by the police for having one. Yep. So, and again, then, then you, you have a situation like that. And then you go back to, I'm not going to do with the dignity of saying her fucking name, Kent State Gun Girl, a.k.a. Shitty Pants, who then lobbied uh, or rallied to have her ability to carry a gun or, or her carry an open carry her AR on stage with her for a graduation. That's just like, wow. And you wonder why people hate that shit. It's like, it's, I mean, yeah, if you... She had on Twitter recently that she loves her white privilege. I guess you do because you have the privilege to go to a college graduation with a firearm openly and you survive. I guess it is a nice privilege to have. I can't do that shit. 
So yeah, I hate open carry because I'm like, yeah, it's it's if you ever wanted a more concrete, perfect example of how we are unequal in this country and how racism is alive and well, all right. Ask ask your black friends to open carry or, or see what happens when black people open carry. I'm not saying ask your black friends too, because if you love them, you shouldn't do that. But just like compare when a black person open carries to when a pretty little white girl open carries on a college campus. So it's I I fucking can't stand it. Again, I I I think it's stupid for itself. Who even wants to make... do that though? Like that's just stupid in general. Like because, well, you're graduating you're... college and what you want to be remembered for is having a damn gun. She has a job working for Alex Jones. So I mean, I guess that's exactly what she It's wanted. like so I Yeah, but work. like didn't you work so hard so you could afford shit so you don't have to walk around like you're scared of everybody? Yeah. Again, like I, I assume people who walk around with guns are okay, just afraid of everyone. Out, it worked out for, you know, if, I mean, I guess that that was your goal was to get on a, on a hard right leaning platform. You got your wish. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I cannot say open carrying because it is the, it's as dumb as opinion, walking down the street with a sword on your back. Like you can it do it, but why? Actually, a lot of places you can't because you can't have a knife past a certain point and they'll be considered a knife. That's so true. actually, you can you can open carry your shotgun or your AR easier than you can open carry a knife. That doesn't make any sense, honestly. Yeah. You know, it's um, again, it's just to, you know, conceptualize it. I hate it because it is the most perfect crystallized example of inequality, especially when it comes to gun rights for minorities in this country. Yeah. Absolutely fucking hate it. Like it's just if you like I'm like too many I have too many friends and family who are now the scary big black guy just because if they have a gun versus or they're a thug if they have a gun, uh and like a Facebook profile picture or Twitter, but their white friends who be bigger than they are, oh they're just a proud supporter of the Second Amendment. So I'm going on t- record right now. If you are any race and you have a gun in your picture, mm-hmm. um I don't want to say immediately I don't want to be your friend, but if I don't know you, I probably don't want to be your friend. Um, but if you're my friend and you're doing that, please stop. You don't look cool. Mm-hmm. Take a picture in front of your nice car like everybody else. That's a better better way to uh, make yourself look cool. than uh, mm-hmm. Or take yourself pictures in front of cars that you don't own at car shows. I don't care. But stop taking pictures with guns or dead animals. It's just weird. It doesn't make anybody feel safe. Yeah, it just makes everyone uncomfortable, no matter what race you are. It's weird. I'm not gonna say it makes you look like a thug or anything. It's just weird. Stop doing it. Definitely does not get you dates. I'm just saying that now. Again, like, yeah, no one's ever like, oh yeah, I'm going to swipe swipe right on that guy. Doesn't make me want to hang out with you either. Mm-hmm. It's like I have friends that I know have guns and don't talk about it, and I'm fine with that. But when mm-hmm. All I have to do is listen to you talk about how cool you are because you have a gun or what kind of guns you own and how that makes you cool. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not something I'm into. Yeah. So again, I don't want to ignore the amount of people who have used a, a gun to defend themselves. There are thousands and thousands. Um, I'm not going to sit here. I also, um, and it's part of the reason why I'm not in favor of a gun ban, to be honest, is because I genuinely, this may, I know this may sound extreme to some people, just like a you know, gun ban sounds extreme, extreme at all to some others. I genuinely feel with as many people are 
um, hardcore in favor of their gun rights in this country versus like a country like Australia, um, how much it's ingrained into our culture. I genuinely feel that it would cause another civil war or something close to it. For the record, Australia has stricter gun laws than we do. Yeah, because they had a, a, I think this date's still the biggest mass shooting ever. Um, but, you know, that probably wouldn't, even even if we had. Wasn't that New bigger, Zealand? No, that was Australia. Even if we had one bigger, they'd still probably wouldn't change the thing. But, like, I, I genuinely think, like, it would cause a, as close to a second civil war as possible. Maybe not as easily, like, divisible, since it wouldn't be as much of a clear side. Um, but having a civil like war now would be real war. weird. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, as, as divided as we already are, I, I feel like it would definitely, Based on where it would be the catalyst to so no longer have a blended. country. So I don't, I don't feel like, even, I don't feel like a total ban is a good idea. I think it would actually do, uh, cause a lot more harm on our soil than good um, at this time. Um, so I am uh, not in favor of that. Yeah. So I, again, I am pro gun for self-defense. I like shooting, um, but just like I like driving, I'm okay with there being uh, rules in place. So dumbasses can't you know hurt people with them. Yeah. Um, within reason, obviously um, I am not a fan of the NRA. I am a big fan though of NAAGA. Uh, so national African-American gun association. Uh, people don't know that some people don't know this NRA is not the only gun lobbying group in this country. They're the most well-known, but there are many others. There's the liberal gun owner association for liberals who like their guns. Uh, so like, it's, it's not, this, it's not just a bunch of, you know, redneck conservatives, uh, like as your only option, there are other, you know, more progressively known or progressive, um, groups, groups that more than likely, you agree with on different political issues who are still in favor of gun rights. And I won't say gun control. I say gun rights and responsible gun ownership um, and, you know, gun safety. Um, so I recommend strongly uh, checking those groups out. Um, they offer a lot of good training courses, a lot, essentially a lot of the same courses that NAA, sorry, NAACP, NRA acts as if they have monopoly on. They don't. The NAACP um, does not <laughs> offer any gun courses that I'm aware of. <laughs> Me uh, either. I'll do a Google search for this afterwards, but I'd bet that they don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, NAAGA's website, you can get defensive pistols, one and two courses. You can get range safety officer courses, regular marksmanship. You can you know, go to them for sport and training. Things like that. So honestly, this kind of stuff should be mandatory if you want to own guns. I wouldn't have a problem with it. No, I mean, it, no yeah. one wants to take your guns and and people yeah, like, just. I, I enjoy shooting. I enjoy the sport of shooting. Um, I have a theory, and let me know what you think about this. Do you are you in the true crime? No, not so much. Like, but I used to watch a lot of crime shows. Like, so. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of true crime, our, uh, I think uh, this isn't the reason why I think we have mass shootings more, but I think it's the reason why what psychopaths are turning to. You know, we're really good at catching killers in comparison nowadays than we used to be. Oh uh, yeah, if DNA evidence, scientific and forensic evidence. As John Mulaney I mean, said, you used to be able to just rob a bank, shoot your name in the wall, right. run away, be like it was the Suggins gang, and they still couldn't <laughs> catch you. <laughs> a copyright claim for that for that joke but okay <laughs> yeah so but if you're like 
I want to say, I, I got to be very particular with how I say this. Um, 70s through 90s. Those are when the bulk of serial killer stories, or the bulk of the most, most well-known serial killers happen. Um, because we have relatively very little ev- uh, uh, forensic science in comparison to what we do now. Everything can just be immediately recognized via a computer. Um, it was starting to come out, but you know, they had to manually match your fingerprints. Uh, police precincts didn't talk to one another, so you had you could have somebody who committed a crime. And this is how this is why it was actually harder for them to catch the uh, night stalker um, in the '80s, is that he would drive to different areas of California, and different police precincts they wanted to have the um, right to say they busted the killer, so they would not. You know, share their evidence of a crime with another precinct if it happened in a different city. So thankfully that has that, you know, dick measuring contest of serial killers has uh, definitely um, fizzled away as, as time went on. But between seventies to early nineties, that um, actually, I think the eighties were technically the most violent decade of American history or, or modern American history, I should say. Um, you see a lot of those killers happen when there wasn't these safeguards and these, uh, these immediate measures for them to be traced back to a crime and caught. Now it's relatively very difficult to kill someone or, or, or serial kill the way they used to, but you still have, as a matter of fact, you have probably even more people who are unstable and deranged and overall fucked in the head due to diff- different reasons uh, there are co- different reasons in our country than a couple years ago. So I feel like you you have the same psychopath that would have been a serial killer, but, but the psychopath hasn't hasn't stopped. It's just that his avenue of killing has stopped. So you're saying that it's the new serial killer because they can't get away with being a serial killer. They have to try to kill as many people as they can in one day. I won't say that they have to have to, but like I feel like that might be well, part of it's it. It's the same. It's the same psychology. It's like yeah, but they know they can't get away with it if they do it over a long period of time. So they, it's they the already same kind don't of care about their life. Yeah, they already don't care about their life. They don't care about getting caught. They don't care they about don't, other people's lives. They don't care about dying. They just want to hurt people. Yeah, but you know, beforehand, again, when it would have been you, you have a serial killer who you know goes to town to town, or you know, kills you know, strippers, or or kills um, hitchhikers, something like that, and can get away with it for a couple of years because most serial killers. Uh, most, not all, uh, only would kill like one or two people a year. And they would do that for a couple of years. Um, like uh, the BTK killer, Ted Bundy, you know, they didn't kill, like, it wasn't like they were killing a, a dude every Monday or some shit like that. Um, but yeah, again, whereas they used to kill Weird Monday, right? Weird kill Monday over night a long period, <laughs> Kill over a long period of time, one or two people a long period of time, now I feel there's we have as a society progress where we make that now I don't say impossible but extremely difficult, but we haven't fixed the underlying issue of the individual yet. So instead of again, yeah, instead of serial killing, now they spree kill. Now they mass shoot. So I'm not saying I want to call like a I don't want you know disrespecting anyone by calling like a fat or something like that. But I feel like almost like that's it's like the the trend for. A trend, but like you know, I, you get what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. say it in a respectful way, but I feel like that is what these like, like sadistic, sociopath, sociopathic 
violent individuals doing now versus what they used to could get away with, you know, picking up hookers and hitchhikers oh, and killing them. It's, I think it's a little more in-depth than that. My opinion mm-hmm. on mass shootings is more of it's a – what's the right word for it? It's a culture type thing mm-hmm. where it's it, not that the culture is to shoot people, but it has to do with the culture. A lot of mass shootings do take place in schools, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the culture in the school. Um, I watched mm-hmm. a couple videos on it earlier today because um, I thought that went really well with our topic. but. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a culture of and this is kind of how I've always thought about it, too. It, it's that culture of one. You have the you don't want to tell on your friend because they're your friend yeah. kind of thing, because almost any time there's there's something they're like, well, this happened and this happened and no one did anything. Um, it's the culture of that, that people don't feel comfortable talking about stuff when they see stuff. It's a big culture on bullying that have led a lot of people to doing stuff. Uh, you know, when you feel singled out and you feel bullied and you're young and don't have a fully developed brain to be, Mm -hmm. to understand that that's just how kids are, Mm -hmm. you, you lash out. And unfortunately this is the way they lash out. Another reason what makes me think that and, oh, or it came to my position, which Definitely holds true for younger men. And this is going to sound so lefty of me. Um, and this pisses you off. Suck it. Uh, I think sexism is a big part of that. And let me explain my thinking. But I, I, I know that sounds like I'm just trying to throw that in there where it doesn't exist. Um, something you see a lot with especially young men who commit these attacks. You see for lack of a better term, a lot of incel culture. Like you see a lot of this mentality of, you know, I'm rejected from society because, you know, I'm ugly or, you know, or women have, you know, constructed this society of, you know, around us. So people like me can't, um, you know, date or meet somebody. And nobody wants a good guy. Yeah, and you see this like I'm not making this up on top of my ass. Like you see this in like men, different manifestos from people yeah. who've done these mass shootings, like you know, on college campuses where they blame feminism and sex and women as like the reason for you know why society is the way they is, and and they they blame them for putting them in a position where they have to lash out this way. And when you look back at serial killers of the '70s and '80s. A lot of them had the same fucking ideas. I I, um, I see that, and a, a lot of them also killed out of sexual fantasies as well. So I'm not trying to like again just call it call it sexism and say feminine and say feminism is the way just, just to just to say it. But I'm just saying like in no, both avenues, yeah, and like in both serial killers and spree killers like that, a, a big factor. I and mean, obviously there are other factors too. You have again. Usually they had violent upbringings, you know, abusive households. A lot of times there's this, there's a there's a um, a uh, correlation between people who take a head injury as a kid and people who grow up to be violent and sociopathic uh, because they believe it's believed that taking a head injury as a child when your brain is developing 
can stunt the growth of the part of the brain that uh, is in charge of empathy and sympathy. So it's easier for you to do like a hostile and just sadistic and horrible things to somebody and not feel bad about it. Um, so you see that in both. And so like, that's how, that's where my brain's going. It's just like, well, before seventies and eighties, somebody who has a lot of like hostile, sexist, horrible incel beliefs is a serial killer. Now they can't do that. So now same core toxic beliefs, same feeling that somehow you're different and society's rejected you and has made up all these reasons why you, why you're the victim, which are bullshit, but now they spree kill. So, cause they can't, cause they can't eat as easily, you know, pick up a hitchhiker. So like, I think, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, obviously it's a multifaceted issue, but I mean, before I got banned from Reddit, I had went to the like, Reddit's incel uh, sub subreddit, not to be a member. Hell no. God, no. I love my, like myself and my female friends way too much for that. Um, just but just to see like. how they think. And it's like looking into the eye of the devil, man. It's just like th- you see the things they say and the, and the actions that they try and justify have people who are trying to make justification for, for why rape should be okay. And violence towards women should be okay. And violence towards people who protect women, the normies who should be okay. And then you realize a lot of these same people who had incel beliefs, like that kid who shot Sandy Hook, he was a adamant member of different incel subreddits. So, and Ted Bundy hated women. So these things seem a little too parallel to one another, just be a coincidence. So I see what you're saying. How do we fix? So we, I guess we fix mass shootings with feminism. I guess that's the answer. I mean, obviously, I no. Know. How, how yes do we, and no. How do we? Fix- yes, but not, but not that easily. <laughs> but I mean, uh, that's a big part of it. Like I do. It's like I felt dirty going through some of those posts. I'm like, wow, a person wrote this. I, I totally get the interest of going and looking. Like, oh man, it's like I, I genuinely. It, I, I do not say this lightly. It is like looking into the eye of the devil. It is just if you ever thought, oh, I, I like horror movies. Oh, I like violent video games. Maybe something's wrong with me. Read like three posts on the Enzo subreddit. Like, oh shit, what the hell? Oh, I am fine. Like, what the hell's wrong with this guy though? Like, <laughs> uh, so, all right. So how do you think, what what, what would you do? How do, we, how do we troubleshoot guns in America? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how, do we, how do we troubleshoot? I feel... Um, Education, like most things, is the proper route. Um, for even if you don't like guns, understanding more about guns' work, gun man- like gun manufacturers, uh, the role they played in this country for not just you know winning wars, but also for like civil rights and protections of people's personal liberties. It's not even though again we're not fans of the NRA. It's not all hooded white men in, you know attacking people with guns sometimes they're, they're, they have been used to help fight for different people's different civil liberties um so education first and foremost and everybody uh, should have the right to protect themselves especially in their absolutely. own home but i am a hundred percent for like everyone I, I honestly i feel like we have it right there it's just like everyone needs to go through training and have it like i had like I see nothing wrong with everyone having to do open carry training or open carry concealed carry training the same way I did when I got my concealed carry permit. 
and I fucking hate open carrying. Also, I forgot to mention it. Um, okay, so there, there's a match. There, you're at a Walmart. Someone starts shooting. You turn around and you see a dude, a good guy with a gun, who has his gun out. Let me ask you: do, Are you assuming he's the good guy? No. Yeah, me either. That's, that's what's so stupid about. Oh, I'm the good guy with the yeah, gun. Yeah, because like, then everybody just starts shooting each other because they don't know right. who's good or bad. That's exactly. my whole theory on it. It's like you're in Walmart in Texas, and some dude starts randomly killing Walmart employees, and there's 15 of y'all with guns. Who you just is it like everybody, a Spider-Man meme? Everybody just points to each yeah, other. <laughs> that's what I've been saying about it. It's like the the more people with guns, the more people getting shot because when the cops right. come in or when you guys start shooting at each other, you don't know yeah. who's good or who's bad. Exactly. It's at so least the dumb. cops are all wearing the same uniforms, so they can generally tell who's the right. other cop. If you can make a, if you're like hardcore NRA and you hear everything we said, fine. Go make a good guy with a gun organization that everyone and you guys have to dress the same all the time. That way you and, know, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. you don't shoot each and other. Then I will know. Like. <laughs> That that's the biggest yeah. problem is like when everybody's pulling out a gun, you don't know everybody there, mm-hmm. so you j- bullets start flying. Everybody's shooting at each other, and more people are bound to get hurt. Right, um, but that's how I think we troubleshoot it. A lot more education on guns, even for, even for the general public, even people who don't necessarily like them, just understand their place in our history and how they're still used. Not necessarily, obviously, the mass shootings and you know attacks are a big part of our current history but you know just we also need to overhaul the the whole background check that they do we need to overhaul it and redo it maybe even you take a psychic not a psych exam but maybe like one of those quizzes that are supposed to like help tell when you go to buy a gun i see like this like if i if i can go to an anime convention in the, in like the middle of like an arena that gets no cell phone reception, and some dude can set can sell me a fucking board game with a square reader, getting getting like one bar, then we should be able to go ahead and instantly just swipe my ID. Oh no, this guy's fucking crazy. Nope, you can't have this. Yeah, like, yeah. Like so, it's it's not like, it's not like the eighties where you had no excuse anymore. It's like hey, I don't see why. I can't just swipe your ID immediately. And when you buy a gun at a store, that's what they do. Like they swipe your ID. Yeah. And if you're a convicted felon or a wanted criminal, you can't get it. But like I said, there's no laws making states report that stuff. And so like that part of it like needs to be overhauled. There's holes in the system and it's obvious. Yeah. We we don't want people to come take your guns. We're just saying we want to know who has them and have some sort of idea of what they're going to use them for. But we're very also at the same time, we're so worried about eventually they come in to they're making that eventually coming and taking our guns that we are um, hostile to any kind of measurement regarding regulating them at all, even though it says well-regulated militia. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm all for getting rid of semi-automatic rifles, semi-automatic just means you pull the trigger once and one bullet comes out i, I know but uh yeah it's anything that's not like bolt action or whatever it's anything that you can keep pulling the trigger is what semi-automatic is uh but i'm all for getting rid of like ar-15s and and that kind of shit that people don't really need honestly most people aren't even going to protect their house with it they're going to grab their handgun because it's easier to get that kind of stuff. Like I'm fine with regulating what type of guns people can have, but I don't think we should take away all guns. 
Now, and I'm not even saying just because of anymore. what? Nothing. I say uh, you may not want to come over to my house anymore <laughs> with your AR-15 and and your uh, long-range scope rifle. And I don't have a scope rifle. <laughs> um, and I'm not yeah. saying necessarily we should take them from the people that have them, but maybe stop letting people buy them. Mm-hmm. And other people who think that people should have them. That's fine. That's your opinion. I don't think there's a need for it, but that's my opinion. Yeah. I So uh, I like how this is a conversation in which we both necessarily don't see a hundred percent eye to eye, but much like how we started this podcast is there's a point for civil discourse. I used to be much more in favor of like, Hey, you don't need this. You don't need that. Not, I've had some, um, some good articles, some, you know, good, interviews I've listened to that have kind of changed my mind on that a little bit. Um, but I think the okay, area we both can agree on is, um, the thing that really what, pisses me off is and <laughs> fuck open carry. The thing that really pisses me off is that that shooting that was recent in Colorado, mm-hmm. that dude had a, it's basically an AR 15. It's made by Ruger, but it's like a, a, it's an AR556. It's technically a pistol, mm-hmm. but it's it, so it's marketed as a pistol. So you only have to follow the laws to buy it as a pistol, not a rifle. And the thing's basically an AR15. It uses the same bullets, but it's a pistol. That kind of shit is what pisses me off. Hmm. I, I had to Google it. I had never seen it before. I, I literally read a whole article on it. And the fact that they're selling pistols that are firing these rifle rounds that are and this gun smaller and easier to get because it's a handgun. That kind of shit's got to stop. Like. Just because yeah. it's cool, I get it's cool, and I would love to fire one. Like, I'm not saying it's not cool, but I will give it up. I'll give up all the supercars in the world if it stops people from dying, you know? Like, and I say supercars because I love cars. Like, I'll give up all the cool things I love if it stops people from getting shot. Mm-hmm. I, I get that they're, they're cool and they look fun, and hell, I want to shoot one. But if I just, if I can't shoot one, and that saves somebody's life, that's that's worth it to me. That's what I feel. And these tactical guns, getting rid of them might not change a whole lot because a lot of guns, a lot of gun shootings are with pistols. But I just feel like, you know, these these mass shootings, a lot of people use these kind of weapons for a reason. They're accurate, easy to aim, and can do a lot of damage. You could mass shoot with a pistol, yeah, but it's harder to aim. You can't hold as many bullets. The bullets are smaller. If people are shooting with a 9mm versus a 5.56 round, it's a difference. And and that's why I think we shouldn't have those kind of rifles. But, like I said, it's not the worst thing. Um, Mostly mostly it's uh, better training a new background check system and, you know, wider education for people that have guns and don't have guns and feminism. Feminism Feminism fixes everything. Doesn't it? (laughs) It doesn't turn people into really crazy. Right. I mean, people can be extreme about anything and, and be extremist about anything and 
make everything bad for everybody. Uh, so Your friend named never... Jeff that has the man bun that's really into feminism. Ask him how he's doing. All right. He probably needs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's I yeah, yeah. and it, I mean when you go extreme about anything, you you you're extreme about something, and so I, I, I never like to judge a movement or a position or a belief based off the most extreme people, except when in the rare situation where the extreme is the minority, the extreme is the majority, not the minority. Hey, but we're also both just like Dave Chappelle where nothing's off limits. Right. (laughs) Everything's funny at some point. Yeah. Maybe not everything, Uh, but a lot of things are funny depending on what you put the light on it. Um, so we always make jokes. When you hear us making jokes about stuff, it doesn't mean we're not we're being insensitive to the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We we talk about these issues on this podcast because we care about them, not to just make fun of them. But and we want to give you guys real stuff to talk about and real issues that you care about. And if we ever do say something, probably me that does offend you, let me know. I'm not I'm not going to argue with you or tell you I'm right. I'm going to be like I'm sorry I offended you. Mm-hmm. So. Just always keep that in mind when listening to this podcast. Um, I like to always say I like to have people around me who challenge my beliefs. And, you know, everything I I have things where I'm, you know, I may feel conflicting emotions about something. So I never that's against this is the importance of having the civil discourse as opposed to just me and Blake going in our own separate camps or just. I Blake says something about what weapons should be removed. I I don't agree with it. Now we're no longer friends. It's, this is the importance of having this level of conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, but so again, all right. So the main, I guess the main troubleshooting steps we both agree on are step one, bet like better background checks. Or just, a, I, I hate saying better because that's what they always yeah. say. I, I yeah, want right. a whole universal. new system. I want a, a uni- whole uh, new system. A new universal system yes. for background checks? Yes. Yeah. So not, not say better. Because universal. they always say better. And and right. I feel like it's never getting better. It's like we just yeah. need to start from scratch and get a universal background check system that actually works. Yeah. Like again, Square. Square has a great model. If Square can make the background check system, that'd be perfect. Again, like <laughs> I sound, you think I'm kidding. I'm like, if, if you can get a credit card, a reception to swipe a credit card in the middle of the Vegas desert, then... You can get the ability to check someone's background the same way. So maybe Square should do it. But um, yeah. A, With a the more, point, a new... this actually might make us lose friends. I really think they need to stop having those stupid uh, like gun conferences or like. Gun con- con- yeah. Where you can just buy shit. That's the biggest loophole people talk about. Yeah. Have- that just needs to be. No, just no more. That's that's gone. No, that's not a thing anymore. Can't buy guns in the middle of a parking lot like it's an anime convention. Yeah. Middle of the parking, parking lot, lot. No, I, again, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> like, because <laughs> not, uh, it's just like, because you have to look at things uh, like not just how. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> um, but that's no, how I We've feel. already had an hour and a half <laughs> of talking about it again. Um, this is the, this is the one episode I was like, eh, I don't know about talking about this. Cause obviously we're coming off the heels of yeah, another shooting in America and it's always a hot button issue. And again, if you know someone who's been affected by gun violence, it's very easy to see anybody who is pro the thing that, lo- that made you lose a friend or family member as an enemy. 
Yeah. But from the same point, yet like there are people who have been put in a situation where they lost a person or were, you know, victimized by another person and thought, man, a gun would have been really would have been much would have saved my ass here, or at least if I at least if I had a gun, at least I could have attempted to protect myself better. You know, so I have I said it who, earlier. It's like I'd rather die with a gun in my hand while getting shot at than just get shot. It's a, uh, it's one of those things where I I don't claim to know the answer. These trouble, these are those troubleshooting steps that they give you, and it's like this might work. This is the general help section right now because I'm like, eh, this might fix it. I'm not sure. Like, yeah. Um, you can might maybe ask me this question. We have this a, a redo of this podcast five years from now, and I might think differently. Um, but yeah, again, the troubleshooting steps are. Uh, new. Don't be stupid, stupid. <laughs> Don't be stupid, stupid. Uh, a new universal background check. Universal background check system. Everyone needs training. Everyone, even people who don't own guns, needs training. Right. Exactly. Fuck open carrying, and for feminism. And, and like we said earlier, uh, this is the last thing I'm going to add. Is if the NRA is so worried about and people that follow that and use those kind of things are so worried about people taking their guns, they need to shut up. And get involved to stop this shit from happening. Yes. I'm all for you keeping your guns if we can stop this violence mm-hmm. that's happening. That's the biggest thing is people need to come together and stop worrying about their shit getting taken. And the NRA needs to shut the hell up. Well said. Because like I said, half the people, including people over half the population, including people in the NRA. And it's actually more than over half agree that there needs to be new laws in place but the nra as a company and as a lobbyist group stops that from happening because they're worried about gun sales mm-hmm. so if you, those are what we think needs to change i know i ranted a little more at the end but right. if go we shooting yeah, <laughs> let's go shooting keep it weird guys All right. adios